Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Good morning, welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Thursday the 28th of September. I'm Michael Bailey and today we're asking... What is going on with Napoli and Victor Osserman? He missed a penalty and you could say that's where all of the decision from the club's TikTok to mock him has kind of led us to where we are now. Why is Pep Guardiola angry again? Do you think the target was win the Cadruba? Honestly, it's not... And why might Aston Villa not be fit to wear their own shirts? They just appear to be sweating almost profusely. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Michael Bailey. But first to last night's action. We'll get to the Carabao Cup in a tick, but let's begin in Spain, where Real Madrid returned to winning ways in La Liga. They beat Las Palmas 2-0 at the Bernabeu, and they did it without Jude Bellingham. Camavinga works it out to Rodrigo, who might prefer to receive the ball here on the left wing, meaning he can run at the defence. Marcelo! They're not top, though. That's Girona, who lead by a point thanks to a 2-1 win at Villarreal. In Italy, Inter remained top of Serie A but lost their 100% record. They went down 2-1 at home to Sassuolo. Milan are only behind Inter on goal difference after a 3-1 win at Cagliari. Napoli also enjoyed a victory, 4-1 at home to Udinese, but the defending champions have been in the headlines for all the wrong reasons after the club posted, then deleted, some TikToks mocking their star striker Victor Osman. James Horncastle is the Athletics Italian football writer and he joins us now. James, take us through what's happened here. Well, the latest is that uh, Victor Osman was in Napoli's squad against Udinese. He played. There have been reports that Osman and his agent expected an apology from Napoli for a post that appeared on the club's official TikTok account on Tuesday which appeared to mock Victor Osman for missing a penalty against Bologna in the nil-nil draw on Sunday. That post was taken down too late for the liking of Victor Osman's agent, Roberto Calenda, who released a statement on X, as it's now called, threatening legal action against the club for the alleged damage done to Ozyman. There was another post that had appeared on Napoli's TikTok last week as well, which depicted Ozyman in you know, what Napoli's coach Rudy Garcia said was a clumsy way. It was a meme which said, I am a coconut. And I think a lot of people would discern racial overtones. We should also say that on Tuesday, the TikTok angle to the story was not the only part of it. 
because uh, Napoli's owner, Aurelio de Laurentiis, was placed under investigation by magistrates in Rome who are investigating the transfer of Victor Osman from Lille to Napoli in 2020. Napoli have been cleared by the Italian Football Federation in a similar case. There was an investigation down in Naples as well, which they've partly been cleared in as well, and they deny any wrongdoing. But that, that, yeah, there's been this maelstrom, if you like, of stuff around Osman really since Sunday night. He missed a penalty uh, against Bologna. And you could say that's where all the decision from the club's TikTok to to mock him has kind of led us to where we are now. It's not an ideal situation, obviously. We know Osman scored. How did he play? Having taken all the photos of him in Napoli jerseys and apparel off his Instagram, he showed up at the team hotel. He showed up at the stadium like uh, a good professional he is. He was all smiles. He was talking to some of his Nigerian international teammates who play for Udinese. There were some Nigerian flags in the Stadio Diego Armando Maradona, a bit of a show of solidarity. He was applauded as he went off uh, the warm-up and he applauded the, the fans back. And then what was really interesting was Napoli won a penalty early on in this game. And Rudy Garcia, the coach, gestured to the ball boy to give the ball to Victor Zimmer. So Ozzyman had missed the penalty against Bologna. Here was the chance to come full circle and at least put the penalty miss behind him because I don't think you could put everything else that has happened in the last few days behind him that easily. And Ozzyman, he gave an assist, Garcia says, because he said, no, I'm not going to take the penalty. I'm going to give it to my teammate Pietro Zielinski. Zielinski scored. And then uh, not too long after that, Ozzyman, uh, broke his uh, four-game drought. The ball played through to Victor Osimhen. It had to be him. It just had to be him. So a very good performance from him, considering the circumstances. He's been a pretty sought-after striker. He didn't move in the summer. Has this shifted that conversation? There have been reports of him moving already in January. I think that's quite far-fetched, considering... One of the things, aside from the price tag that put other clubs off Ozymen in the summer, was the fact that he will be playing in the African Cup of Nations in January. But as we reach the end of the season, um, in May, June 2024, he will be going into the final year of his contract. So, you know, I think we've gone from a TikTok account to the TikToking, if you like, on Victor Ozymen's contract, where that leaves him and where that leaves Napoli. Thanks, James. And you can hear much more from Mr. Horncastle on Osserman and Napoli on the latest edition of the Athletic Football Podcast, which will come out later today. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. Right, let's get back to wrapping up the action. As promised, it's Carabao Cup time. Alexander Isak scored the only goal as Newcastle United knocked out Manchester City at St James's Park. That set up the pick of the last 16 ties with Newcastle heading to Manchester United in a rerun of last season's final, which Man U won. Liverpool came from behind to beat Championship leaders Leicester 3-1 at Anfield. Dominic Soberslai proving he has a foot like a traction engine with a stunning equaliser. Soberslai, little pocket of space, chance to take it! Liverpool's reward is a trip to Bournemouth and there was a huge shock at Stamford Bridge where Chelsea won. 
They beat Brighton 1-0 thanks to Nicholas Jackson, who scored Chelsea's goal of the month. Literally, their only goal of the month. Lovely ball from Palmer. Jackson waiting! It's at this point I really want to mention Maurizio Pochettino's lemons. That's not another joke at Chelsea's expense. Poch just likes to have a tray of lemons in his office because he believes they soak up bad vibes. Arsenal scraped past Brentford and now head to West Ham and the Everton resurgence continues. They knocked out Aston Villa to set up a Sean Dyche derby with Burnley at Goodison Park. You can catch the full draw over at The Athletic, but our focus is on Manchester City. Now, Pep Guardiola was already angry ahead of playing Newcastle because they couldn't sort a night flight back from the northeast. So it's not that surprising that the defeat riled him or that he got booked during the game for complaining to the officials, although he'd probably dropped the subject of the return coach journey by then. Mark Critchley is at St James's Park and joins us now. Mark, the quadruple dream is over. How did Pep take it? The press box at St James's Park is directly behind the dugout, so you do get a pretty good sense of how he's feeling throughout the 90 minutes as it was. It wasn't like one of those kind of Pep Guardiola touchline performances where he's ranting and raving and getting down on his knees and, and scratching his head and, and, and figuring out what to do. I, I think you could tell that from some of the changes that he made in the second half when things weren't going City's way. Left Haaland on the bench, took Alvarez off. Still a good enough team to go out there and, and get a result. But like you say, quadruple off the table. But um, they didn't win the quadruple last season. They, they ended up with a pretty good season after all. Yeah, I think Man City will probably be okay. Uh, lots of talk about Calvin Phillips' chance to impress before kickoff. Did he? Obviously, so much scrutiny on him tonight, and I was I was kind of on Calvin Phillips' watch for a lot of it. He did okay. He did he did fine. Like that job at the base of midfield is a complex one, but it's also one that's full of simple little tasks, simple little passes. I think it's understandable that, given how little football that he's really played over the last 18 months since joining there that he wasn't quite he didn't quite have that sharpness at times I thought there was a couple of occasions he got caught but again like being sat so directly behind Pep it wasn't one of those situations where he needed to coach him through the game or even really criticise him that much he absolutely didn't disgrace himself tonight and it's a step forward in his uh, difficult Etihad career so far Thanks, Mark. Last night also saw Lionel Messi's Inter Miami take on their second cup final of the year. They faced Houston Dynamo in the US Open Cup. Here's Felipe Cardenas. Houston Dynamo are the US Open Cup champions after really outclassing Inter Miami for 90 minutes here. An Inter Miami that was without Lionel Messi for the second consecutive match. And now really in a dire situation here with five MLS matches to go, still fighting for a playoff berth and unclear how fit Messi's going to be for those final games. There is a possibility that Lionel Messi will not play again for the remainder of the 2023 MLS season. That is still yet to be determined, but certainly a bit of a dark time for Miami after lighting up the league and North American soccer in July upon Messi's arrival. Thanks, Felipe. So, Aston Villa suffered a surprise Carabao Cup exit at home to Everton. Among all the reasons for that, some may blame their Castor kit. The Athletics' Greg Evans joins us now. Greg, what's the deal here? Yeah, so Aston Villa players have been complaining about their shirts that they're wearing on the match days. I mean, if anybody who's watched Aston Villa this season would have seen that particularly the home kit is looking rather drenched (laughs) and... 
it's almost after sort of five, ten, fifteen minutes as well, which is a bit of a concern because Villa are playing games and the players are saying it's becoming a bit of a distraction for them because the shirts are clinging to their bodies. It's obviously hindering their performance. There's an appearance issue here as well because Villa are wanting to increase revenue streams all across the board, but if their players are going out looking like they've just jumped into swimming pools, they clearly don't look like the real deal. So yeah, there's a fair, there's a fair few problems. It's been going on for a couple of weeks now, and hopefully Villa can get this situation resolved. When I mean, you talk about the men's team there, the Women's Super League starts at the weekend as well, and, and Villa's women's team are, are not particularly happy about this kit either. No, it's exactly the same issue for the, for the women as it is for the men. You know, they're, they've, they've been experiencing problems for a couple of weeks now. As I said, the, the Castor kit sticks to their bodies and they just appear to be sweating almost profusely. And uh, it's, it's just a case of needing a shirt simply that is able to absorb sweat better and remain lightweight. It's not ideal. The club want to give the players all the tools that they have to go out and perform to the best of their abilities. And the the players are feeling like there's, you know, a performance issue here. And look, you know, Villa are are two years into the deal with Castor. It's a a multi-year deal. Um, They didn't have any problems with the the brand and the manufacturer last year. This year there has been some problems and, and they hope to get them resolved as quickly as possible. Which is, I suppose, the big question. How how does this get resolved, Craig? Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's no real quick fix. There's there's no short term answer. You know, the the sort of lead time on producing new kits is often six to eight months. Villa will be planning ahead for next season's kits already at, at this stage. You know, it's it's not something that can be that can be done quickly. But you know, sports manufacturers they're the experts in this, so it's over to them to to find some sort of solution you know I'd love to know the answers and, and Villa would too because they've, they've raised this issue now for a couple of weeks um, and they're just simply waiting for answers now Thanks Greg if you want to see some drier looking shirts in action tonight then there's Atletico Madrid at Osasuna in La Liga that kicks off at 8.30pm in the UK on Viaplay or 3.30 Eastern on ESPN Plus Those of you in the US can also catch Jose Mourinho's Roma at Genoa in Syria on Paramount Plus, that's from 2.45pm Eastern. And that's it for today's briefing. I've been Michael Bailey. Your producers were Abby Patterson and Mike Zimmerman and executive producer was Ian McIntosh. Make sure you stay on top of all football's fun and games by giving us a follow on your app of choice and tell your friends about us too. Adam Leventhal will be with you tomorrow. In the meantime, have a great day and go get yourself a tray of lemons. The Athletic.